You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome in, folks, here on Big Blue View's YouTube channel, and also if you're listening into the audio version on our podcast feed. We're here to talk about day four of the 2022 NFL Combine. We got to watch the defensive backs today and some really nice performances from that group. Some really, really athletic guys that were you know, playing corner, safety. A lot of good stuff to take away from this this group of guys this past day. So, guys, we've started off with the corners, and the one person who's who really drew, I think, the most attention, without a doubt, is Tariq Woolen, the six foot four, two hundred and five pound corner from UTSA, who ran a four two six as his official time, and that was the time that before it was official it was a four three one, I think, and that was already a crazy time in and of itself. And Woolen is somebody who. You get these range projections for him of where he's going to end up going, maybe somewhere on day two if, if he fits in there. But that number for Tariq Woolen is absolutely fantastic and kind of illustrates where he's going to fit in this 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 corner class that already has a lot of really good athletes. Yeah, it, it, his numbers, you know, six foot four, 205. Four two, uh, four two six forty. It, he looked like a creative player out there. You know, it, kind of compare him to Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati, who has you know similar height anyway, similar height and length at six three. At, but it, you can really see the extra fifteen pounds on Woolen because you know Gardner looked kind of like uh, kind of like Dominique Rogers Cromartie out there, who I believe was at six three and about the same height, although DRC was faster. Yeah, they they both looked really almost gangly in their build. Woolen does not. He looks he is a solid dude. And you know, with that speed, that range, you know, I, I have to wonder how high he has worked himself, how high is he has pushed himself basically really since the all-star games and then through with this combine performance. Yeah, you know, he, he kind of has come out of nowhere. And we get these guys every year, but we're getting a lot of them this year. Getting a ton of them this year, Chris. I mean, it is uh, really great to, to see these smaller school guys kind of really rising to the occasion. And I feel like Jim Nagy and the Reese's Senior Bowl specifically do a really excellent job finding guys like Tariq Wollin and some Division II guys to come and compete at their event. And with Tariq Wollin, I mean, he was what? I, I didn't watch UTSA's tape through the season, but he's a player now that I've seen. And I'm like, wow, he has some good film, but it's obvious that he is a far superior athlete than a lot of the people that he's playing against. Then you see him down at the senior bowl and you're like, damn, man, this kid's good, man. This kid's a day two prospect. And now he tests this way at the combine and you, you analyze his film, his athletic profile, his length, his ability to press. And you say, man, our team's going to entertain this guy as a late round one prospect. I'm not hundred percent certain if that's the case, 
But we're having the conversation about that now, whereas we were not having that conversation before the Senior Bowl. So if you want to talk about a meteoric rise in the offseason, Tariq Wallen's one of the first names you have to look at here, the UTSA cornerback. Like you said, incredibly long, physical, and a 4-2-6-40. I mean, that's it's blazing speed right there in that frame. Yeah, the, 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 the fourth fastest 40 for any position or every position and the second fastest DB in history, or at least the history of the combine is just another one of these workouts where every day we've had a workout that is just incredible. And yeah, I'm going to have some thoughts about this combine, but I can say right now, one of the, one of my first thoughts is just, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. is one of the best ways to explain it. No, you're good, Joe. I was just going to say, wow is one of the just most apt words to explain it. Because Saturday was absolutely insane. I don't know we're talking about Sunday here, but to watch Jordan Davis do what he did is just still blows my freaking mind. <laughs> yeah, and one of the other guys, too, and it's it's tough to, to acknowledge some of these other performances because of how crazy athletic Tariq Woolen is at that size, and he's a cornerback. But... We still had some really nice days from other players. Uh, Sauce Gardner, who's also a tall, long corner uh, at six foot three, runs a four four seven, which is really good number for him. Uh, that's a you know fantastic to see that Sa- that Sauce Gardner was able to do that. And then another person who who caught my attention, and I always like to shine the light on these FCS players. I am a column from Sam Houston State. He ran in the low four fours as well, and I thought that he looked pretty good in these drills. Yeah, yeah, he caught my eye. And another one uh, from South South Carolina State is uh, Jacoby Duran. He ran a four four one. Yeah, these guys they they were really quick. I I really liked both of them. Both of their hips in the drills they opened really well. They were able to cut really sharply in the change of direction skills. And all of these guys seem to have pretty natural hands in the field drills too. Because yeah, you know, just about every drill involved catching a pass. And there were very few dropped balls. Not a whole lot of hands like feet out there to use the uh, mayochism. Hands like feet. You love it. And I think another player that not a lot of people are discussing all that much, who's kind of a day three type of guy who I felt like looked pretty solid in the drills was Missouri's Caleb Evans. I felt like he was somebody who looked pretty fluid and he also tested well had a four, four, six, 40. And I think he, I think he had solid jumps as well. I don't have the, the numbers in front of me, but that's another name to kind of throw out there. Cause if we look at how Brandon Bean, at least, did his drafting up there in Buffalo. Obviously, Joe Shane comes from that tree. It seemed like every year they took a couple swings at cornerback on day three with guys like Teron Johnson, and a lot of them hit, to be honest. So they're very excellent, or at least Brandon Bean was, very excellent at scouting defensive backs and then landing them later in the draft. So I expect the Giants to take a few kicks at the can if they opt not to draft players like Sauce Gardner or Derek Stingley Jr. in the first round. Yeah, it, that really that uh, that draft philosophy, that draft strategy, really does make a lot of sense because you know, these DBs are super useful off, you know, outside of the defense. You know, they're great guys to have on special teams because they're used to running really fast and hitting people, which is great for covering kicks, you know, being gunners on kick or punt returns, and also defenses nowadays they live in the nickel. You know, the nickel is the base defense, and they spend a lot of time at dime. You know, we know Wink Martindale is going to have a ton of DBs, corners, and safeties out on the field. So you need to have a lot of those guys on your roster. Absolutely, and, and hopefully the Giants don't have the 
type of injuries that I feel like they've suffered at the cornerback position, specifically last season when they lost to Dory Jackson, lost Rodarius Williams, who a lot of people aren't discussing. He's going to have a realistic shot to still make this roster if he comes back from his injury. But they're going to need the depth. And they're going to need the top-end talent as well. That's why I think I think it's an interesting thought experiment with what I just said, they could invest a little bit later and kick a couple kicks at the can then, or will they opt to select a sauce gardener in the top 10? That's still within the realm of possibility as well, because he can come in and be probably the best cornerback on the team. If James Bradbury is not there, and that says something. Cause I, I'm high on a Dory Jackson. I know some people in the giants Twitter sphere, they, they, they kind of crap on a Dory Jackson. I felt like a Dory Jackson had a really underrated year. Yeah. Gardner. He looks like he was just purpose built for martindale's defense long he's got athletic at that 4 4 40 i again long you just kind of have, have to keep coming back looking at that coming back to that descriptor looking at him uh, really aggressive really confident player and he can play that press man coverage which is one of the things martindale's defense defense just thrives on yeah bro and he's a little like high cut in the hips it looks like right but like he's yeah. still changing directions and his hips are still so fluid when he when he's in his turn and stuff like that so i mean it doesn't seem to impair him whatsoever yeah that, that was my my second note on him from the drills is like really fluid despite length because he, he doesn't look like he should be able to move as well as he does and then he just kind of moves like he doesn't have to gather himself or anything like that. He can just stick a foot in the ground, open his hips and change direction. And that's really rare for someone as leggy as he is. We also heard how well sauce Gardner was doing in these interviews, which I think is, is really interesting to see. He's showing up wearing a suit to these, these interviews with the teams, which I think is, uh, you know, it's a great bit on his part to show his, his professionalism. But like I sauce Gardner might make a lot of sense in that top 10 and for the giants to figure out that corner spot. And you guys are talking about if, depending on what they do with James Bradbury is probably going to determine if they do end up drafting a corner that high or not. But uh, one of the guys I just want to throw out there a recognition for, because we had the fastest 40 time ever for a corner with Kalen Barnes who ran a four, two, three. I knew that Barnes was going to be probably one of the fastest corners in this year's class, but man, I did not expect a four, two, three and to get the fastest ever for a corner in the, in, in this group. Yeah, and he was challenging John Ross's four two two. Yeah, they said in the broadcast, but he that he just missed it. They said it was a hundredth of a second. I wouldn't be surprised if it was closer than that. If it was maybe even just a you know thousandths of a second off. Yeah, you could absolutely see his explosiveness throughout all of the drills. Yeah, I wondered if maybe he he was just a little bit tight, which you get somebody that fast. You know, occasionally they're we'll say like a coiled spring and you know that they can almost be too explosive for their own good when they have to change direction really quickly just because you you've got all that momentum you need to stop and then redirect elsewhere yeah that was the only thing i really thought of watching him his athleticism there's no questions on that in fact all these baylor guys today ran really well they they all performed really well this was a good day for baylor do Baylor's like a they're all like just track athletes or something because Taekwon Thornton, the wide receiver, also was excellent on what was that Friday. And then you had JT Woods, which we all expected to run fast. And now Kalen Barnes, too, almost setting the combine record. Just absolutely ridiculous. Good for their recruiting, I guess. They like speed. I mean, it's the Big 12. What do you expect? <laughs> every game is a track meet there. Every game. <laughs> they're, they are trying to score every single play. 
And yeah. like, just before we transition over to the safeties, which I know that's coming, there's one other guy who caught my eye. And that was the, uh, you may might have seen him on TV if you were watching. That was the guy in the blue track suit. That was Jerome Henderson, the Giants DB's coach. That bright blue suit, that stood out like a, like a beacon out there. And he was all over these cornerback drills. He was either leading them, you know, directing the players, or he was right there watching them. So uh, that could be, you know, everybody watches everything. But the fact that they had such an experienced coach standing just so prominently, either right there on the field with the guys or as close as he could get, you have to imagine the Giants are looking at DBs and corners in particular. Yeah, absolutely. Jerome Henderson is a boss, and Bobby Johnson was doing that for the offensive line as well. One more name I wanted to throw out there at cornerbacks. I think he could be a realistic target at 36 is Florida's Kair Elam. He's somebody who I didn't feel like he was going to test that fast. And he went out there and he ran a really good 40. He's a physical player, really stays in phase, plays through the catch point. And I've watched a couple of his games yet. Or I mean, I've watched a couple of his games. I still haven't written an evaluation on him yet, but I find he's an interesting player that could be a value one day too. Chris, have you had your eyes on him quite yet? I, I haven't gotten to him yet. He's on my list. I plan on getting to him soon. You know, breaking four four for him—that's uh, really incredible. Especially again, he's another long, big dude. You know, six one and a half, one ninety one. The weight. Yeah, you know, he's not—he's not over two hundred pounds, but that's fine. He moves really, really well. Runs fast. Again, good ball skills, good body control, and movement skills in those field drills. So yeah, yeah, he. Definitely should be on our radar for 36 if he lasts that long because he could be a, another first round pick. Yeah, there's a strong possibility that Elam does end up going in the end of the end of the first round, especially after seeing that workout because his name was floated out there as early on before the season started as one of the guys maybe contending for that that CB one spot. But as the season progressed, you get Sauce Gardner looking fantastic. You've got guys like Andrew Booth that are kind of pushing their way up there. But man, Elam's a great athlete too. There's a lot of, this is a good year to need like a tall, long athletic corner because there's so many fantastic <laughs> options. But speaking of tall length at, at defensive back, uh, I, I want to have a quick conversation about Kyle Hamilton, who I was fully expecting to see a 4 4 number for him, uh, maybe even better than that because we know he's a freaky athlete. Talking about the Notre Dame safety who at six foot four, 220. I thought he was going to test the way that Tariq Woolen did. And instead, he runs a, a 4.59, still has a 38 inch vertical, 10.11 broad. Honestly, the 4.59 is not a bad number, but I think our expectations, and I think a lot of people's expectations might have been a little high because of what you see on tape. It feels like he's a lot faster than that number. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about that. And I've, I've come to kind of two conclusions on that. First, I absolutely expect him to run another 40 at his pro day because you, you could see it that he did not run well. And I don't, don't just mean that he was slower than expecting or we expected. He was, he didn't run a perfectly straight line. He, he was kind of weaving on that sideline for those 40 yards. And that absolutely sl slowed him down. He ran further than he needed to basically. So I wouldn't have been surprised if he had really cleaned up his technique on that 40 to see him have a one like a four four eight or somewhere around there because I think he cost himself that much time, you know, just by having to run further, correct for the drift, and you know that had to have really just screwed up his rhythm for the run. He he is definitely faster than that four five nine. Yeah, his jumps tell you that. 
but also you see him moving on the field. You talk about incredible fluidity for a, for a big player. It just, he is so fluid out there. Yeah, he moves so much better than anyone six foot four, two twenty, has any right to be able to move. And I think that's also part of the reason why he plays so fast. You know, he's got you know the great instincts, great football IQ, but he doesn't waste any motion. He doesn't waste any time changing directions. So, yeah, that also will save him. You know, hundredths, tenths, even a whole seconds. You know, getting to the play, getting to the ball. And like they say at the scouting academy, Chris, like play speed isn't just how athletic and how fast you are. It's also how fast you process. And that's something that I feel like assists Kyle Hamilton on the field. I, I agree with everything you said, though. I think his 40 would probably have been faster if he cleaned his technique up because he definitely like weaves almost out of the white paint, which is kind of ridiculous. But how fast he is instinctually and how he can process what he sees and how decisive he is also allows him to maximize his athletic traits that he does possess. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, those mental traits really allow him to use his physical traits. Yeah. I like to call it mental footwork where you, you know, he is going through the rep, going through the play mentally before he ever even has to do it physically. And that saves him just so much time. He already knows where the ball is going almost before the quarterback releases it. So he gets that much more of a head start over somebody who kind of has to watch and see and then react. And you could really see though, besides that, that, you know, the number, I think we kind of all agree that, that, that 40 number is just, it's not indicative of that, that play speed. Like you just mentioned, Nick, but like you see what the way that he moves in these drills, he almost looks like, like a big bodied receiver in like the, that gauntlet drill at the very end. He looked really, really clean in that. He's just his fluidity and his ability to change direction. I think might be his, his better uh, metric you know, vote for along those lines, but seeing him in these drills, it, it, I, I think far and away was, was one of the best performers today. Yeah, absolutely. He, he just looked like a different breed from everyone else. And that's probably why he's going to be picked in the, in the top 10. I still think he's, he's, uh, somebody the Giants are going to be interested in. I would love the thought of him paired with Xavier McKinney and Don Wayne Martindale's scheme. I really do, but the Giants have a lot of pressing needs, so it's definitely not a slam dunk. Yeah, they really do. Just from a defensive perspective, a 5-7 double up of Sauce Gardner and Kyle Hamilton put him whichever. <laughs> that, just, that would be, don't even tease me with that, Chris. Don't even. <laughs> <laughs> well, they would be playing a lot because the offense would still suck. Yes, <laughs> right. They could play offense too. They both look like receivers. <laughs> <laughs> I still stand by drafting Jordan Davis and putting him out there at receiver tight end with that with that speed. Um, tackle eligible. Right. <laughs> but I, I, so another safety though that I want to bring up, uh, Lewis seen from, from Georgia runs a four, three, seven, and he's somebody who is uh, a, a, a missile when you watch him playing. That number is awesome for me because he's a hard hitting dude. He comes downhill with bad intentions. He wants to smack people. He has a type of mentality. And sometimes when you have these hard hitting safeties, they're not necessarily that fast but that speed man that that really sums up his capability to track the football make plays in the run game I, i'm really hyped for lewis seen who i would argue that 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 number and his his workout today might have helped him find his way in the end of the first round like we kind of see these these georgia db's been uh been getting drafted in the past couple of years i i find the uh the 
first off, George is just absolutely insane, right? No. But I find the safety conversation in the back end of the first round to be fascinating because there's so many players that could fit into the back end of the first round. And I think they're all going to be vying for those spots. Like if Tyron Matthew doesn't return to the Chiefs, the Chiefs could go in that direction, even though they could go receiver. But you're looking at Lewis Sign or Seen, however you pronounce it, Jaquan Brisker from Penn State, who went out there and had a solid combine, didn't run as fast as I thought. Nick Cross from Maryland a little bit after that. He's somebody else who's like a heat-seeking missile, but a little bit, uh, I would say, I would say he's a little bit wild in his technique, whereas Sign or Seen is probably the best alley defender in this draft. And also Daxton Hill could f- figure into that. So like I, I, fi- I think this kid from Georgia really did well for himself with this combat. I mean, over 11-foot broad jump, that's insane right there. Yeah, especially that trio of Hill, Seen, and uh, – brisker any one of those guys could be safety one in any draft class that didn't have kyle hamilton in it in fact if we even just kind of separate hamilton out and just say he is a defensive weapon uh don't just put him in the safety box you know just let him roam and whatever you want to call him just whatever yeah any one of those guys could be safety one this is We've been talking about this all week. This is just such a good, such a thoroughly deep draft class. Like th- there are so many really good players, and you you are going four five deep with guys who would be the first at their position off the board in almost any other draft. Absolutely, absolutely, and you even have these day three guys that I'm sure we're going to get get into as well. Guys like JT Woods from Baylor, guy had six interceptions this year. You're not even discussing him really too much as a day two option. He's more of a day three type of guy, a ball hawk, not really all that physical, but he goes up to the combine runs a four, three, six. He's looking really, really fluid in the drills. He's high stepping into the end zone to end the combine (laughs) drills. I mean, the kid got personality. You'll love to see that as well. I think this is an interesting position group just in general, the secondary. And I think the Giants, they have nine picks right now. They might have more if they trade back. If they do get more, and even if they don't, I could see them investing, you know, two, three picks into this position. So, you know, we need to know these day three guys as well. And it's it seems like it's a very, very deep, deep position, along with the edge group, another position that the Giants need, which is excellent for the New York Giants moving forward. And the fact that they have new management in charge who are going to be selecting them, it, it gives me a, a, a sense of, you know, we're on the right path right now. And, and that's what I hope we are saying after the draft as well. Yeah. And a guy we haven't mentioned, we've talked about him some at the senior bowl, Jalen Petre. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. He had himself a good workout. He isn't he isn't as as athletic as the other Baylor guys, but he is just so he moves so well and he is so versatile on tape. Yeah. I just loved watching him on tape because he did just about everything. Like he was the I believe he was the star position in the in their defense. And he played a little bit of linebacker. He played some slot. He played some box safety. And he could do it all pretty well and oh by the way he blitzed a ton so i could see a wink martindale watching that tape and saying okay i can work with this absolutely sorry joe no i was just gonna say pete go ahead nick i didn't mean to keep we're on a delay here. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the delay. My internet's yeah. not doing that well at the moment. But Dave Aranda used him in such a variety of ways. Like he was that overhang defender. And I think you said it great, Chris. The way he blitzed. And what does Wink Martindale want to do? 
He wants to blitz. He can cover. He can fill the alley. He can drop into a deep half type of situation. He doesn't necessarily have the range to be a single high type of defender, but I think he can do that if you ask him. He's not going to be a liability in that area. Now, we didn't run the 40 at the Combine, Petrie, but he looked really damn good out there. He looked really good at the Senior Bowl. You watch his tape. I loved how Aranda used him. I thought he handled all those assignments very, very well. He's another player, like we were talking about before, with Cross, with Brisker. He's kind of in that cluster of safety and I wouldn't be shocked if he's selected you know early day two the Giants happen to pick in that area yeah and he is definitely a guy you do not have to worry about his physicality he will hit you but I think that's going to be a good note to wrap us up on with talking about these defensive backs on day four of the 2022 NFL Combine we'll be coming at you with some full breakdowns and thoughts on the class now that things are moving forward uh, for the draft cycle here in 2022 thanks for tuning in folks we'll talk to you later support for this podcast came from SAS. data is everything and now everything is data which means more to process more to analyze and now more than ever speed to answers matters so how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com VIYA.